Amen. Alright, people of God, this morning, there is, there is this popular subject I want to be addressing. I'm, I'm just going to take us to the Bible directly. I'm not going to take much of a time. I'm just going to go straight to the point. If you have your Bibles there with you, I want you to tell me in the book of Matthew chapter 23. We're going to be reading for verse 9. The Bible says, oh, let me read from verse 8. Well, let me read from verse 7. Right, let me read from verse 8. Verse 8 is cool. It says, but be, but be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Verse 9. And call no man father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. He went farther to verse 10 and says, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even the Christ. Now, I mainly want to talk about when he said, Call no man father. Now, most people will think that he was saying that I shouldn't call my earthly dad father, but that isn't what Jesus was saying here. What he was saying here is that call no man father. He was drawing them to the spiritual essence of the fatherliness of God. So he was saying, mostly we hear people say, oh, he's my spiritual father. Sometimes we hear people say, oh, my spiritual father came to visit me. Jesus was saying, don't call any man your spiritual father. The essence of the father there, he was talking about on the spiritual, it was of the spiritual essence. He wanted the point there was from the, the spirit realm. He said, don't call anybody your father. He said, don't call anybody your spiritual father. For ye have one spiritual father, which is God. So he went further to say, don't call anybody your teacher. He wasn't talking about your physical teacher. He said, don't call anybody your spiritual teacher that shall do you on the things of the word. He said, call no man that you have lost one teacher, even the Christ. He don't call any man master. He have just one master. That is a Christ. So he actually told his disciples like to make them clarified on, you know, of whom they were. Now, I am not saying, you know, Paul, Paul told the people, at a point he told the people, you can have so many fathers, but do not be mistaken. He says, in Christ, I be God thee. I know that is watching your mind right now. You're going to say, if, if that is what Jesus said, why does the Paul have to say this to the people? He was not telling them that he was their father in the spirit. He was saying that he begot them. There is a difference between being somebody's spiritual father and being somebody's father's, being somebody's father in the Lord. Paul was saying, I am your father in the Lord. So in the Lord, I begot thee. In the Lord, I begot thee. I begot ye. Ye are all my kids in the Lord. But he didn't say that I am your spiritual father. What Jesus was telling them, he says, don't call any man father upon the earth. He said, don't call any, don't see, don't look to any man as the essence of your spiritual, you know, your spiritual father on this earth. You know, most people make the mistake, no matter how anointed a man of God is, I tell people, listen, a man of God can be your father in the Lord. There is nothing wrong with that. He begot you in Christ. That is absolutely nice. But he cannot be your spiritual father. That context is not correct. It's not accurate. I don't like saying it's not correct. It is not accurate. Even Jesus had to tackle it. 
He had to make the people understand, see the essence of all of these things as God. So we told them, don't call any man father upon the earth. We wasn't telling them don't call any man physically father. No, he was talking about don't call any man. Don't call any man your spiritual father. You see, in now, I, I want to make you understand something. Yeah, let's go back a little. Let's just go back a little to the book of the book of this and Matthew, reading verse twenty-one. This is Matthew. Oh, okay, it's Matthew chapter fifteen. Uh, I'll be reading from verse one. It's just the message exactly from verse four, but I'll be reading from verse one so you see what happened. Then came Jesus to the scribes and the Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do ye, why do thy disciples transgress the, tra the, the traditions of the elders? And they wash not their hands when they eat. Verse 3, But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? He says, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother. You see this? This was Jesus speaking. But he said no. He said not to call anybody father on the earth. But he was saying, God, tell the people that they should honor thy father and thy mother. You see, the context is not the same. He wasn't talking about the same people. Just in this in this context, on this note, he was talking about the earthly father. You know, the one, you know, the one who, who begot you here on earth. That is why he was talking about Jesus. Hey, why do you transgress the, tra the, the commandment of God by your tradition? For it is written, all, yeah, for his witness is honor thy father and thy mother. And the year saying that you should not. Why would he have to bring it here? And then he went farther a little bit and told them, he says, do not call any man father upon the earth. What was he saying? He was talking about the spiritual father. Nobody can be a father to you in the things of the spirit except he that begot you from the realms of the spirit. You see, most people are open to vulnerabilize themselves to, you know, to forces and, you know, voices and, you know, satanic mandations and all of these things because of what the author from the man remember jesus said it is not what goes into a man's mouth that destroys him rather it is what comes out of the mouth just what you say from the abundance of your heart is it now from the heart coming all the strife coming adultery and fornication and all of the evil and wickedness that you see so what you see with your mouth has power let me give you a little note of instance you see, now when he told him, don't call anybody your father, but you have one father which is in heaven. He was saying, don't let anybody into the spiritual authority of your life. Don't let anybody have the authority over your spiritual, no, over your spirit. When you say this person is my father and the Lord, you're giving him, no, you're giving him authority over your spirit. That is what it means. That is what it means. You know, at the earlier point when I was evangelist still in Pathakot, I was sitting with my host pastor, uh, Pastor Peter, and we were seated and he said, he called me and said, Evangelist Pathakot, sir, he said, um, everybody here, and from time to time I hear people saying, our spiritual father, our spiritual father, our spiritual father, our spiritual father. He said, he asked me, he said, what do you think about this context? I laughed and I said, it isn't right. 
He said, why did you say so? And I, I told him, I said, how can a man father you, a man which is flesh, father you in the things of the spirit? No matter how anointed a man of God is, he cannot father, he cannot be, you know, he, he didn't be, he wasn't, you were not begotten in him in the realm of the spirit. You're vulnerabilizing your spirit to access. There were so many, you know, let me put it this way. There are so many false apostles and false prophets in the world today. You know, we have to be very careful of what we say. Then we will come to people or maybe men of God, no matter how anointed a man of God is, say, oh, he's our father in the Lord. What you're doing is, oh, he begot us in the Lord. You know, in the Lord, we see him as a father. That is what that means. But the same is our spiritual father. You're giving him essence over your spirit. So he has control over your spirit. Making decree over your spirit is done because you made pronouncement. Remember, your confession, your confession is what makes you your confession gives you salvation. It's what makes you a Christian. You're seeing this. So when you confess somebody being charged over your spirit, he has charge over in every instance. No matter where he goes, he has charge over your spirit. Decreeing anything, it comes to you because you made him heard over your spirit. So God, Jesus was telling the people, he said, don't call anybody your spiritual. He was talking to his disciples right here. He was talking to his disciples, he said, don't call anybody your father. He told them, he also did not even be called fathers. There are so many false apostles in the world and now opening this access will make them have charge over you. Will make them have charge over your spirit. We have just one father in the spirit. We were begotten through him. Bible says to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. So we were begotten because we received him. So he became our father in the spirit. You are a child of God because you have the spirit of Christ in you. Not because, you know, you, you just say you're a Christian. No, that is what Jesus was telling me. This point no clear. This point no clear. You know, and Jesus was so he was so mindful of it. And when he when he was taking the disciples up to the top of the mountain, that they, you know he will be transfigured. He he you know the Bible says in the, the cloud covered him after Paul after Peter rather sorry after Peter it said, "Oh Master, it is good for us to be here. Um, hey, let us make up three tents: one for you, one for Elijah, and one for Moses." And while he was still speaking, the Bible says in the cloud filled the whole place and the voice of the Lord and, the, and he heard a voice saying through the cloud, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Who was, who was God trying to say? So in the, in the realms of God be good Christ because Christ came forth from him in the spirit. Now, having a father of your own on earth, how can you make a man which is flesh, your spiritual father, how can he which is flesh begot you in the spirit? He doesn't make any sense. 
does not make any sense. Now, because of this note, some people now see, you know, they see men of God, some of them, they hold them as God. So if the man of God falls, you see a, a large number of congregation and the members fall because of the flaw of the man of God. They forget he is, um, um, you know, he, he is a man, he's flesh. He's flesh. Rather than setting your gaze on him that could never flow, you're setting your gaze on him that might flow, you know? And setting your gaze on him that you might see flaw in him, or on him that you might see mistake in him. Maybe he did something, or maybe you heard something wrong about him. Immediately you say, yeah, if that man of God can do that kind of a thing, yeah, well, who are we? You know why? Because you were giving them the essence of the realms of the spirit who have begotten you. At a point, the Bible, even Paul had to, he had to address this. The point that, you know, the, the, the church had to be divided. Some said, oh, I am for Paul. These ones said, I am for Jesus. These ones said, I am for Peter and for Cephas. And when Paul heard it, he had to call them and say, come. Were you baptized in my name? Did Cephas die for you? And he turned and looked at the ones and said, Oh, we are for Jesus. Is Christ divided? Who was he doing? He was trying to kill this, the point, the vision of them having this. Oh, he, he's a father. He's a, he's a spiritual father. Hey, no, no, he's a spiritual father. Oh, which of them? He, no, no, no. He, he, he's a spiritual father. Oh, our spiritual father came to the house today. He was trying to kill it. He was trying to make their vision be of God and not of what man will do. Now many people have actually divorced from this part and they're now looking up to man to do something for them rather than having their mind geared up in the things of the spirit and having you know their asses up in God they're actually looking to what man could do and they also you know their vision and everything opening assets of themselves in the realm of the spirit to a man you don't even it's, it's funny it's funny it's funny. He went for that and said, don't even call anybody teacher. So in the teens of the spirit, don't let anybody teach you. At this point, somebody is going to say, but we have to be taught the word of God. Yeah, you have to be taught the word of God. He said, be taught the word of God. There's difference between somebody teaching you in the spirit. Or just imagine somebody comes here now, or you're seated and somebody comes and you say, I want to teach you how to pray in tongues. It doesn't make any sense. How can you teach somebody an act of the Spirit? I want to teach you how to pray in tongues, or I want to teach you how to groan in the Spirit. He can. He can. Because it's the work of the Spirit to do it. That was what Jesus was telling the people. He was telling the disciples. The point notice that so many people have opened themselves access to you know so many things. They are the ones that open themselves, and yet they still think God to be the one manifesting these things on them. They open themselves to it. Ye of God, little children. Ye belong to God, little children. Ye proceed from God, little children. 
And yet you still go, oh, he's a spiritual father. Yes, he's, 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 he's a spiritual father. Yes. And whenever the man of God or the woman of God or the minister flaws, immediately you see because your mind wasn't guided on what it is that is eternal. Immediately you fall out. Immediately you know you cannot stand on. You 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 don't you you can't withstand it because your foundation isn't solid. There's a reason when you see a church, maybe the church has a little a little news or something comes up. You see so many people who start up saying things that were so unimaginable because their eyes, their gaze was not on God. He was on the man of God. And that is wrong. That is wrong. It is right for you to believe in a man of God. It's good because he is from God. Believe in him. But don't say in the realm of a spirit that he begot you. Because he himself was begotten of God. So how can he begot you? You see this? He himself was begotten of God. So how can he beget you? Haven't you seen the world is functioned by the power of the Spirit of God? You see, some, there's a reason why you you see most people, most people, uh, you know, they, they just get from one thing to the other. One to, I, I want, you know, I've, times and times again, I've, I've met people who say, oh, we went to this church and, and there maybe something happened in the church and it was a little quake and the man of God had to lay a curse on one of the, the members. Immediately things had to go, you know, things had to stop being funny in their life. You know, they couldn't stand anymore. Everything was just being mysteriously strange. Things were just going haywire. You know, nothing was going online anymore. And then maybe they come over to the church which I was ministering in Potakot and then while we're seated there explaining the things to the man of God or the president or the, the host pastor, I'll just be looking at the person and I'm oh this one actually he is actually so he you know he, he he's actually what is going through is because of what he proceeded from his mouth. He's my father in law. So when the man of God stood or the woman of God stood in annoyance and laid a curse on them, being head over their spirit, it has to have effect on them. Because he's in charge of your spirit. You gave him charge of your spirit. And that isn't right. Jesus had to tackle all of these things before he even left here. If you look intently at that scripture, he nobody asked him anything about he just told them. He was just admonishing them. He just had to tell them because he was essential. Because he was essential. Matthew 23, verse 1. Look at this. Nobody asked him about it. It's not as though he was telling them something. Nobody asked him about it. You know what? Let me read from Matthew 22, from verse 40, 43, so we could see what was happening there. Because, you know, the, the Bible is sequential. It was, it, they were all written together. Now, it was a, 
you know, the writers of the scripture, the Bible, the writers of the Bible, the, the scripture was written together. It was the writers of the Bible that now gave them chapters so to be able for us to quote it. Now, I want to, I'd like to read from verse 40 down to 20, chapter 23 down so we could get the point from verse 40. The Bible says, On two commandments, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Verse 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. And he said unto them, How then did David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Seek thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 45. If David then called him Lord, how is he that he is a son? Verse 46. And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any questions. Do you see this? So it was settled. Nobody wanted to ask him any question anymore because he had actually hit the nail on the head. And now seeing, okay, we can't answer his question, so let's just let him be. Now he went farther from that. Verse 20, chapter 23. Now he says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit Moses sit. Oh, therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Verse 4 For they bind heavy buttons and grievous to be born. And lay them on men's shoulder, but they themselves do not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their. F- he, he called it. Listen to this. Listen. To this. He called us phylacteries. He called us phylacteries. He said they make broad their phylacteries, and enlarge the borders of their garment. Verse six. He says, and love the uppermost seat, the uppermost room at feast, and the chief seat in the synagogue, and greetings and market, and to be called of men rabbi. But be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even the Christ, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. This was how he came to it. And then he went down, and he says, and call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your Father, which is in heaven. Verse 10. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. You see, nobody asked him the question. He just told them because he perceived in the spirit that this was going to come out. So he had to, he had to tackle it before he actually arose. Stop going up in here, you know, he's my father, oh Lord, he's my father, oh Lord, he's my father, rather, no, no, that, that is not accurate, I'm sorry, I actually, I didn't get it all right. No, stop going out to Leon and say, oh, he's my spiritual father, he's my spiritual father, by the grace and the anointing of my spiritual father. No! No! That is wrong! That is wrong! It's not even right for you to pray by the grace and the anointing of another man of God. That is what Jesus was saying. Don't call anybody master. 
In this course, you're calling the man of God your master. That's what he was saying. The availability of a grace is made available to us in Christ Jesus. So he apportioned it to the man of God and you're taking only the part of it. The ones that will apportion the man of God is what you're using your calling. No. These are things, you know, so many of the things that people do as a course of all of the things they go through, you know, and then I, like, I, like I was saying, while I was still in Pawtucket, somebody will come maybe and come and explain or for counseling, the person will be explaining things that happened or how we know it, a certain man of God, the church where the person was ministering, maybe the man of God got out in anger and laid a curse on them and they say maybe things have not been going well in their life, there's been hardship, maybe their marriage broke and this happened and that happened. Immediately of those causes, you know, see, there is a flaw in your relationship with God. You see, as men of God, we were not called to cause anybody. That is not the The Bible says, and Jesus was traveling through the city. And he came to a particular region where the people never made any. They didn't make any preparations for him. So when he had actually gone to the region, the disciples of Jesus, when they saw that they did the people, the people didn't make any preparation, and that wasn't right. They went to Jesus and said, Master, should we call fire from heaven to come and consume them the same way Elijah did? And Jesus looked at them and said, What? You don't know what spirit you were of. How could you say this? What was he saying? They were not of the same spirit. So they, you know, how could they have caught fire from heaven to come consume the people? Jesus was saying, you're not of the same spirit. So don't do that. We were never called to cause anybody. Anybody. We were called to bless. That is the essence of the call, to bless. Hence Jesus spoke in the book of Luke chapter 4. Verse 8 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon because He had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. There ain't no cause in this. Have you seen this? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart and to set the captive free, to proclaim recovery of sight to them that are blind, and also to set a liberty they that are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. All these are blessings. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Bible said when he had gotten to the synagogue. And then he, he had sat down. He took the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. And then he opened it and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon This is a prophecy that Isaiah the prophet did prophesy years before when Jesus came. So the anointing came to bless. Whenever there is a curse... Whenever there is a course on the on this new covenant, whenever there is a course, maybe somebody cursed you, or somebody laid a curse on you, or he goes down to the table of the Father. He goes down to the table of God. Don't make your spirit vulnerable to any attacks. When you when you're spiritually strong in all sins, nothing can penetrate. Nothing. Because you are a child of God. The message of the gospel is for you. The reason we were anointed ministers is for you. 
You were not anointed. You were not called to be children of God for the ministers of God. No. The ministers of God were called to be ministers for you. You've seen this. They were made ministers for you. Not you for them. Them for you. So Jesus told them, come. Whoever of you want to be the greatest, you have to be the servant. So the office of the ministers, the office of the apostles, the office of the pastors, the office of evangelists, name it, bishop, or all ministers. They are servants of the children of God. They are meant to bring the message. They are meant to pass it out. They are meant to strengthen them. They are meant to uphold them in the right part to go. Now, on this note, on this note, how can then a man of God, a minister of God, be your father in the spirit? How can he be your father in the spirit? You see, in the realms of the spirit, there are endless possibilities. Anything you decree, it comes out from your... Listen, I tell people, see, come, listen. Whatever you decree out of fear, fear itself. Whatever you decree out of fear, and fear itself brings to manifestation those things that you don't want to come. So whenever fear comes up, you tackle it immediately with the word of God. You foul force of darkness trying to conceive my mind. I command you now, get out in the name of Jesus. You're tackling it. Hence Paul says, casting them down, bring them down. All imagination, bring them in obedience of Christ. You're bringing them to obedience. So the manifestation can't come because you have tackled them. But when they left untackled, the manifestations will come. Hence what happened to Job. But that, that isn't what I'm talking about now. Even Jesus saw the essence of telling the people at a point. The Bible said a certain man came to Jesus and said, Oh, good master, what must I do that I will you know, inherit eternal life? That I will have eternal life? You know, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only one is good, which is word, the Father. So that is the work. Even the ministry, Jesus actually followed suit. Now, don't mistake this. He says only the Father is good. And he went later on to say, I and the Father are one. He said, he was seeing me as seeing the Father, but he says only the Father is good. So the gaze of the people will be on God and not of him. So the strength of the people will be on God and not of him. He shall only, you know, they should just look up to him. And when the word comes out, immediately they grab on the in their vision. And the revelation about God is an expansion. And they begin to move things by faith. And miracles begin to happen by faith. And Paul, at one point, he had to tell the people. He said that the ministry and everything may not be with the enticing words of men, but may be in the demonstration of the power of God. Oh, you sins. Heaven we said to you was not with the enticing words of men. So the glory and everything may not be of us, but it may be of the power of God. So he had to, you know, he had to equate it for you to get the point intently. He wanted you to see it. He wanted you to see it.
But the understanding of God's word is something the Spirit of God can only he can only give us guidance to get. The understanding of God's word is something that we cannot just you know just sit down and anticipate or just imagine or just you know say oh this is what this means. No, we can't get it. What does the Spirit of God guidance on it? Jesus tackled this here. He had to make he had to make it clear. See now the Pharisees and the teachers and all of the high priests they like the good seats, you know, all of the functions and everywhere they go to get good seats. They want everybody to serve them. They lay up different buttons upon the shoulders of the people, but not be like them. For I tell you, in fact, this is what you should do. Whoever wants to be the greatest amongst you must be. Now, let me just divulge a little from what I'm saying. I'm almost done. See, I tell people, I say, listen, listen, you don't get into the kingdom of God the day you die. If that is, if that is the ideology you have is wrong. You don't become a child of God and go, you know, you don't get into the kingdom the day you die. The day you give your life to Christ, you are of the kingdom. You abide in the kingdom. But that is a topic of another time. If you do not understand, you can send a message to my email and I'm going to answer you. Maybe I'm going to make a podcast about your question. And I'm going to take you down the scripture. Thank you very much for listening. I'm an evangelist. Peter, God bless you. Thank you very much. God bless you once again.